Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker. I've been talking with Rachel Thompson about her journey into the world of book marketing. In this episode, we'll dive deeper and discuss what it takes to become a self-published author. I'm also curious to find out what newbie writers should do to create a buzz about their book. Let's get the conversation started. You had the blog and then you had, so when did you start the uh, Bad Redhead Media? Yeah, um, I started that. that in 2011. So I'd been blogging for about three years and I knew that I was going to be publishing my first two books. So I published the, the humor books and they did amazing. This was when Amazon had opened up its self-publishing KDP, uh. right? And it was kind of the wild, wild west of self-publishing, right? There was a huge pool that you could, you know, earn money from. Yeah. And maybe 500, 250 books were released every day. Now we're up to like, what is it? Three or five books are released every crazy. day. It was crazy. So I could basically pay my rent every month living in Orange County, which was very expensive, right? I don't live there anymore. So I released those books, I opened my business, and I basically just started helping other people with learning how to use social media in a way that wasn't spamming out links, hey, buy my book, hey, buy my book, hey, buy my book. Because that's what a lot of authors tend to do when they release a book, and they haven't thought about pre-marketing because they think to themselves, how can I uh, sell a book that doesn't exist yet? And that's where I come in and I say, well, we, we don't need to brand your book. We need to brand you. And so that's where I've learned that I can help people. So that's what my business is all about, really. Gotcha. It's kind of shifting the paradigm. And, and that makes total sense. I think even today, brands and, you know, whether you're a, a, an author or whatever that is, they still don't get that. Like, you don't need to, like, you don't need to promote yourself every single day, 500 links like that. People just get numb to that. And nobody really wants that anyways, right? Like the idea of it is, is, is you, there needs to be a strategy behind it. And I, there's actually a, a really famous football player. I won't say his name and not that I think he listens right now, but maybe he does. And every single day is a energy drink that he promotes. And I'm, I'm a huge 49ers fan. So people might know who this is. And every day he talks about the energy drink and I'm like, man, you just, there's a better way of doing it. Like you're a huge, you're a hall of famer. You've got a good following, but just every day he talks about it. I just wonder like, you know, it's like if you had a better strategy of like, you know, it's, you don't always have to talk about it, but you can have it. I'm putting up like my phone right now, like it's a drink, but you know, you yeah. can talk about it and do this and have it in the background and wear the shirt. And there's other things you can do that people will subconsciously see that and better understand that, Hey, maybe this person is using that and that's helps them get up in the morning or use it for energy or whatever that is. But I just mm -hmm. think there needs to be a better strategy. And I see that and I go, man, I really want to read. I probably will reach out to him and say, listen, I'm a huge <laughs> fan, but would you like, I'll yeah. give you a half an hour consultation. Like, can we just kind of talk about how you can do this better? Right. Because people will react right. to this, but you're, you're just shoving it down people's throats and they're just not, you know, they're not going to be a huge fan of that. Yeah. So let's before, cause I do want to talk about like the book and, and, the, and how you do the self promotions. Cause that is something that we definitely want to touch on, but tell me about your few books. Like we've got broken pieces, you got broken places. I know you won some, a number of awards for that. Like kind of give me a little background on that. Sure. Um, well I put out the, the two humor books and then I ended up pulling them because well, one, I ended up divorcing my ex-husband, but <laughs> that was a big part of it. But two, I really changed my strategy as an author. So I have my 
two brands, basically, Rachel and the OC, which I lived in the OC for 17 years. So people are like, why is it that? (laughs) But I stuck with it. The other thing was when I started Twitter back in 2009, there were already several Rachel Thompson authors. Mm. So I needed a different name. Yeah, yeah. But what I decided was I was ready to tell my story of being sexually abused by a neighbor when I was... 10 years old. Mm. And I felt like it was something that I had hidden for many, many years, and I didn't want to hide it anymore. So I put together essays and poetry talking about it. And my main goal really was, I wasn't out to make a huge amount of money. I just wanted other survivors to feel less alone. So I released this book, I think in 2013. And then I wrote Broken Places, which is the second book in 2014. So the books go together. I did win a number of awards, which is wonderful. But the Mm -hmm. most important thing was when I released the first book, so many people emailed me, DM'd me, PM'd me, left me so many messages about being survivors as well. Men, women, LGBTQ, clients even. Yeah. And I felt like there was something I needed to do with this and I didn't know what. So I was talking with a therapist friend of mine and I said, you know, I'd really like to start a chat, a public chat on Twitter because we don't need to be ashamed of what happened to us because it's not our fault. We didn't abuse ourselves, especially as children. It doesn't matter at any point, you know, the criminal committed the crime. Yeah. We didn't do anything wrong. And I'm so over the victim blaming, especially with so many of these public issues going on, these Me Too situations. So in 2013, I started Sex Abuse Chat, which is on every Tuesday night. So it's tonight at six o'clock Pacific, nine o'clock Eastern. And I started it with this therapist friend of mine, and she um, had to back out a couple years ago, just personal issues, but we're still good friends. And so I have two other co-hosts now. And so we still do this every week for the past, gosh, six or seven years. And it's a huge community of survivors that attend, and we have one specific topic every week. And that really has been, for me, the best part about publishing my books. Because, I mean, I sell them for very little. It's not about money making for me. It's about mm-hmm. helping other survivors feel less alone. And so let's talk about that. And so, I mean, obviously you, you seem very selfless with this and you're obviously it's, I, I can only imagine the transition from saying, Hey, this has happened to me. I'm embarrassed, shy, nervous, whatever that is ashamed or whatever that those feelings are. And then being able to say, listen, I'm just going to tell the world my story. And I think doing that, I know it's extremely difficult, right? I mean, I know firsthand there's things that have happened to me, um, not sexually necessarily, but things that have happened in my life. That's like, I don't want people to know about that, but really once you get it out there and then you, you start to see that people are relating to it and also have things that have happened to them as well that you wouldn't even think. Right. Of course, yeah. they didn't think anything happened to you. And then you, when you let that go and you kind of release that out there and, and good things can happen. And so I think uh, that's awesome. I think it's really cool that you're able to tell your story and, and the things that you've done. I think it's also helped you because you're, you have a different mindset in the sense that, you know, a lot of people, when they create books, there's a few things that they're looking at, right? Some people have these things of, I want to make a million dollars, which I'm not saying you can't do that with books. I do. I can tell you that it's very difficult, right? Or you're doing it for a thought leadership thing, or you're looking to give back to the community or at least put some stuff out there and something very personal, which is your story. And so when you talk about self-publishing, like how did you go about doing that? Like what was your, like, cause obviously self, you were at the beginning stages of self-publishing, right? Like this mm-hmm. was like, cause it was very difficult. You, you had, what is it? The big three, I think the book, 
people that do distribution, I think there's three of them, right? That do the major distribution for any kind of book deals that you get going. With yeah. self-publishing, tell us a little bit about that journey. And if anybody's looking to, you know, self-publish or come out with their, you know, book and something like that, like give us a little background on that. Well, I decided at the beginning that if I was going to self-publish, which I decided I wanted to because I had the marketing background to market my own books, I wanted to do it like top shelf. I wasn't going to just take a document and upload it. That's like taking a book report and calling it a book, right? So (laughs) I ended up working with people that I had met in the self-publishing space. So I hired a freelance editor a professional graphic designer, professional formatter. And so you have to understand that if you're going to do this right, it's an investment. So you can't just, I mean, you can, but you're not going to make any money. If you want a good quality book, then you have to invest in yourself and you have to invest in this book. When I started, there weren't companies that you could hire to do these things. Now you can actually hire companies like Book Baby, or you can go to places like Read Z and hire professionals to do this for you. I have a team that I work with who are very, very good that do the the editing and the formatting and the graphic design and all that. And I'm putting together a resources page on my site. But at the time, you know, you sort of had to just trust people that they were going to do a good job for you. Since then, I've brought into work with a hybrid publisher who is now defunct, but they were great. I led an imprint for them for other survivors as well. So I was able to help publish about 10 or 12 books by other survivors, which was fabulous. That's awesome. Yeah. And then once they closed, um, I got an agent and I ended up going with a small uh, boutique publisher and they were great. I loved working with them, but I literally made no money. So after a year or two, I think it was, I think it was a year, I got my rights back and then I republished all my books myself. And so for me, self-publishing has been the best way to make money, which isn't to say I'm not open to, you know, talking with an agent. I have an agent who's interested in talking with me at this point. I'm open, but like I said, it's not about making money for me. My business makes my money. Yeah. And I think that's if having an agent or having a big publishing company, I mean, it's hard to tell them, Hey, my big thing is I don't want to make a lot of money. Like my thing is to get the word out. So it needs, it's a passion project, right? Like for you, it's like, Hey, to me, it's, it's a helpful thing. And so being big, bad publishers are going to go, what do you mean? You don't want to make money. You're like, no, that's not my goal. They're like "Eh, next person. Right. I mean, their thing is obviously revenue. Right. And so there's, it's, that becomes, makes it a little more difficult, but I think your goal of once again, of helping people and less about revenue is just awesome. Right. I mean, because most people don't think that way, but I think in your situation, you're like all the feelings that you had through this whole journey, you're like, well, how can I help people better deal with that? Right. Cause you had to deal with it, yeah. the way you dealt with it and it was not easy. Right. And it's not going to be easy yeah. for other people, but the more support you have, like these Twitter chats and these books and stuff that are for free. And it's awesome. And once again, I think it's a, a situation that, you know, more and more people, unfortunately are going to need to, in these situations, like how do I deal with this? Right. Not everybody can pay a hundred, $150 an hour for a counselor or something like that to be able to assess that. And that's, if you're going through traumatic events like that, that's not a, you know, that's not, you go to the counselor twice and you come out and you're a new man, new woman. And all of a sudden, 
sudden you're going. I mean, that's, that's continued support and continued work that you have to do on yourself to better assess what happened to you. So once again, kudos to you for doing that. And, and you know, once again, that's awesome. All the books you have coming out. So what would be, so in regards to the challenges, because it sounds like some of the challenges were, once again, like everybody, you kind of go through this thing and you, you know, you got a, you got a manager, you got a, somebody to help you with the books. And then that really didn't make sense. You got your rights back and the self-publishing and like, we talk about self-promotion and self-publishing it self-publishing made sense for you because you have that marketing background. And obviously now there are companies that you touched on that actually can help you with all of that stuff, right? Just depending on what your goal is and what your budget is, right? Okay. So what would you, so if, so if we had some first time writers or somebody that wanted to write a book about anything, whether it be marketing, whether it be childhood, whether it be a biography, I don't care, like a fictional book, like yeah. what would you, like what would you, where is the, what's the starting point for them? Like if they were to listen to this and say, okay, I want to, I've got an idea. This is what I want to write about. Like what would you as, a, as obviously a seasoned writer and author where would you recommend they start? Well, I always recommend that writers build out their author platform, regardless of where they are in the process of writing their book. Because the issue is, and I get this a lot with clients, is they'll say, well, my book came out two months ago and I haven't sold any. So I need you to help me. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll do my best, right? But you really needed to start six months ago before your book ever launched. Right. It's funny. So, I mean, that's when I used to do a lot of crowdfunding, that's what people would come to us with is like, Hey, I had 30 days. I just submitted two weeks ago. We have two weeks. Like, what do you think I should do to promote this? And I'm like, started six months ago. Like we, you know, you need a three months or six months ramp before you even launch. I mean, most of your work is literally done before you even go live. Yeah. Right. And so it's always a hard, it's a difficult thing. It's like, man, I want to help you, but you got two weeks, you know, and the same thing with you. It's like, think at least with yours, there's not an end of like when they can stop getting money, but it is kind of like, well, you, you miss that whole like PR and getting people excited in the launch and getting it hyped up. You miss that part. Now you're out. And it's, it's like, well, now how do we, you know, how do we regenerate that vibe of people getting excited about it when you've already launched? Right. And in publishing, we say we brand the author, not the book. I kind of changed it a little bit to say not only the book, because we do have to obviously brand your book, but more importantly is that we brand the author. And so this is the one thing I'm writing a little mini book about branding right now. And this is the one thing that most writers or bloggers who are trying to write a book cannot get their mind around is we're not just going to talk about your book, your book, your book 24 seven all the time. People want to find common ground. They want to understand these universal truths that, you know, basically what do we have in common? Because that's what we're going to talk about. And then, yes, we can also talk about your book, but use the real estate that social media gives you. Use your header, use your bio, use your pinned tweet or your pinned post on Facebook to say, oh, here's my book and you it's coming soon or it's available now or you can pre-order it, whatever. But that's not all you need to be talking about. And then so I give examples. What are four or five things that you're interested in, expert at, want to be interested or want to be an expert at? What's fascinating to you? Talk about those things. Share articles and quotes about those things. And so then when your book does come out, you can still continue to talk about those things as well as what's going on with your book. And I think a lot of times people are very hesitant or afraid of branding because it sounds like something out of Mad Men. But they're probably already branding themselves without realizing it. And that's where 
I can help clarify that for them. I think that's the big thing. I always tell people like, listen, here's the deal. If you're going to post the same thing every day, it's like, if you're going to, you go and you, let's say I'm on a walk and I meet the same person every day. And I walk up to him and I say, Hey, I'm Shane Barker and I'm a blogger and I, I sell books and cool. Thanks Shane. And then you see him again the next day. Hey, my name is Shane. I write blogs and I write books. And they're like, that's really cool, Shane. It's nice to see you again next day. I'm like, they're avoiding me, right? That next day they're like, God, we got to watch out for Shane. And when he's walking his dogs, because all he's going to do is come up and tell me the same damn thing that he told me yesterday. And that's super awesome. I get it that you write books and I get it that if I need a book that I need to come like reach out to you. And it's the same thing. I tell clients and the same thing. You know, it's like, listen, at the end of the day, think about having a conversation. And if you want to have an engaging conversation, if I come, you say the exact same thing every single day, you're going to lose your mind or you're going to avoid me like the plague. I probably yeah. should have said like the coronavirus. How about that? That will make it a little more relevant to these days. <laughs> took right? on a different meaning. <laughs> yeah. No, and it totally does. Right. So, I mean, but that's the thing is like you have to look at like, what if we're going to have a conversation and people are going to constantly be engaged in your feed, which is really the goal. Yeah. Like you're talking about whatever it is. Like for me, I, I talk about craft beer. I talk about speaking and I talk about, I don't need to tell people every single day that I'm a speaker. I don't need to tell people every yeah. single day that I do this and this is how they can hire me. Honestly, probably in my situation, I don't even talk about it enough. Like for me, it's more of like, I'm more of like a hands-off, like, Hey, you come read my blog. You like the content. I'll have a little thing on the side that, Hey, we can talk. And you know, I really should improve all that stuff. But for me, it's more of a, Hey, let me educate. And then you're going to come, you know, hopefully you get to a point where you're like, God, I really want to do this. And I've read 50 of Shane's blog posts and I'm trying to think who should I hire to have helped me do this? Oh, wait, I read this on Shane's blog. Right. So this is a, a aha moment. And then hopefully it gets to a situation where now you can go and help that person. And so I think that's yeah. what I just try to tell, like, think about having a normal conversation, you know, like when yeah. you, and it's the same thing I talk about influencer marketing, we talk about engagement and stuff like that. I said, you have to think about if you look at somebody, an influencer you want to hire and their engagement is all emojis, like that's not really engagement, right? Like if I walked up to somebody in a restaurant and I did, a, I'm doing a heart emoji, you guys can't see because we're on podcast, right? If I just do that every time and people are like, what do you, like, what do you, are you doing a heart emoji? Like have a conversation, like that's engagement. That's true engagement. You know, when we look at that, like you know, the definition of what it is. Yes, absolutely. And I agree with that. And then the thing that sort of always fascinates me is how not just writers, but anybody with a service or a product to sell will suddenly lose. Just like you said earlier, you did telemarketing and you would call at dinner and then people would be annoyed by that. But then they become that person when they have a book to sell. Yeah. Right. And they lose that perspective completely. Yeah. Right. Look, like pull yourself out of the situation and look at yourself. Like, would you want to go meet yourself? Like, no, you don't. Like, no. I don't want to meet Shane every time I walk around the park and I see Shane and I'm like, oh God, he's going to talk about the same. You don't want to be that guy. And nobody wants to be the annoying guys. It's like a, it's like when people break up, nobody wants to be the, the boyfriend that's stalking the girl or the girlfriend that's like staring at him on. So nobody wants to be that. But we get to that yeah. point where like, you can tell a friend, Hey, don't do that. Stupid. But then when you're in the middle of the situation, you're doing the stupid stuff. You're like, why are you doing that? Like you told me a month ago not to do that. Now you're doing it. It's different when, you know, because you're like, I've got to like get them back or I have to sell this or I have to do this. And it's like, take a step back, look at yourself in the mirror and say, is this the person that I want to be? Or is this how I'm going to really be able to sell product? Would I buy from this person? And the answer is going to be no, but most of the time there's not that self-reflection, right? There isn't a reflection of like, what do I look like right now? Do I look like a crazy lunatic? And I'm just talking about the same stuff every single day. And I'm wondering why I'm losing following or I'm losing engagement or people aren't buying my book. Cause guess what? We don't want to hear that you have a book every single day. Like nobody cares, right? Yeah. It's not going to be an engaging conversation. Exactly. And that's, that's the other thing that I, I try to get people to understand is like my personal favorite social channel is Twitter for 
interacting, building relationships. As for conversions, it's very low. Yeah. So people need, you know, you need to accept that just throwing links out there constantly. It's not going to convert to sales. So you need to, like I said, let the real estate do that for you. Whereas something like Pinterest, you know, link can stay, the half-life of that link is about three months. So when people tell me, well, I'm not going to do Pinterest because I can only do one channel. And I think, okay, well, if you're only going to do one channel, well, maybe it should be one that the half-life isn't, you know, two minutes. It yeah. should be something else that might be more effective for your demographic. Well, I don't know what my demographic is. Well, let's figure that out. Yeah. There's a lot of work involved. And a lot of times, you know, writers, writers are lazy. I'm a writer too. So if you don't want to do the work, then don't complain about it. And that's, those are the types of things that I have to get them to do just the tiniest bit of work. Yeah. And just, this is a PSA, not only are writers lazy, I think everybody, everybody seems to be lazy. I mean, it's anytime you come with something that's that, you know, what is it? What was the thing? There was, there was a quote, something like there was something that came and it was disguised as work or something. So the idea being is like, you know, Hey, once and I'm not saying everybody's lazy, but it's like, once you, yeah. you have to really understand like what it takes to promote a book, it isn't, Hey, go send out six tweets and sit back and let's watch this thing happen. Like I deal with this in influencer marketing. Like people are like, all I have to do is hire Kim Kardashian. I give her half a million dollars. And I, she posts one time about my, you know, supplement drink and then I'll make millions. And I'm like, no, no, that's a terrible idea. Like that's not, it takes work. Right. And so it's like, that's the thing is everybody's going from the 10 second ab to the seven second ab. Now I want the three second ab. And now I just want somebody else to do it for me. I mean, is there any way that I can get somebody else to do it? And you can, right. You know, maybe not fitness wise, but you can, you know, you can absolutely hire somebody, but expect that to, there's either you have, you have a lot of money, or you need to have time, right. And anything that you do is going to take time. Like it's not, nothing's an overnight process. Like being a, a sales rep. What about for farm? When you were a pharmaceutical rep, let me guess the first, first month you absolutely crushed it, right? No, no, nobody did. Nobody does. I mean, for the most part, if you don't have that background. So the thing is you go through and it's hard, but guess what it takes? It takes a year. It takes two years. You start to learn the process, but it's the same thing with anything. You want to start doing video. You want to start doing blogging. You want to be an author. Like just know that it takes time. That's with anything. So if somebody has that magic formula for you and, and says, Hey, I guarantee this is going to get this and you're going to, you know, this, that, and the other, like be very cautious of that. You know I mean? In the sense that you can help get like tips and stuff from mentors and people that, you know, have gotten to a certain level. Absolutely. Like you could take it advantage of that, like hiring somebody like yourself or say, listen, I've done this before. Let me show you this journey, but just yeah. know that like the expectation is it's going to be a grind because if yeah. it wasn't a grind, everybody would be doing it. Like it would be super easy. Like crowdfunding. When I did that back in the day, people were like, well, I didn't know it was this much work. And I'm like, if it wasn't this much work, everybody'd be making millions. We just wouldn't, you know, if not, we'd have one marketing company you'd work with for the rest of your life. Like it's work. You just got to put in work. And that's the thing I always, you know, when I when I'm working with potential clients, I have these, you know, expectations. I have these questions that I send out of like, let's make sure we're on the same page with what results are going to be and how we're going to handle this thing and how much work you're going to have to put in and what I'm going to be doing on my side. Cause a lot of that in my early days, you know, that a lot of that stuff got mixed up of like, yeah, we'll do it for this. Hey, not a problem. Sounds good. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, how would I be able to do that? Like that's what you need to do. And they're like, Oh, I thought you were going to do that. I'm like, how would I go and promote your book when you're the author? Like you're going to get a lot more exposure out of that if you do that. And so it, you know, just came down to that's when contracts get involved and all the other fun stuff. So we have this clear expectation of, of what's going on. But once again, it takes work, right? It's not easy. Managing expectations and not just with your clients, but you know, with yourself as well. And mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing is having realistic expectations as yeah. an author 
and of course, as a business person too. So once again, I know that you right now, your books are free. So, I mean, if somebody wanted to do a book and I, once again, I've had plenty of people reach out to me and say, Hey, I've got this book. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to make millions. Um, and I'm not here to squash dreams or anything like that. Right. I'm not, but I do want to keep things realistic when it comes to self-publishing. And I understand self-publishing in the sense that self-publishing is exactly where you're going to get most of the profit, unless you're doing something with Amazon, obviously there's a percentage is there, but you know, you also have to do your own marketing. You're the president, you're the secretary, you're the treasurer, you're everything, right? I mean, you've got to do a lot of that stuff. So how realistic is it to make money from producing a book? And like, what are we looking at when we think, and once again, I know there's different niches, there's different do the people have audiences, there's a lot of moving pieces to that. I just want people to be realistic about like, Hey, when you go and self publish your first book, and if you expect to make a million dollars, somebody has, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody has, but be realistic about what you think that outcome could be. Well, it's probably not realistic to make a million dollars. I mean, that's probably like one in a million, right? Yeah. So what I tell people is that first of all, the book has to be amazing. It can't have typos. It has to has, have a great cover. You have to put in the work. So if before you can, even can market a book, you have to have a great book. So that is the first thing. And that's where they, I suggest they work with a team of editors, graphic designers, et cetera. And if they tell me they can't afford it, then they need to crowdfund, like you said. That, so I come in after that. That's not yeah. part of what I do. Yeah. And if they're with a professional, uh, I'm sorry, with the big five publisher, Mm. then that's covered as part of what they're doing. If they're self-publishing, then they need to work with a professional firm that does all those things for them. And when they come to me and say, now what can I do to get this going? That's where either I'll do all their social media setup and posting and, you know, establish their branding and all that for them. And I don't do websites, but I will optimize their blog posts for SEO. That's where I come in. If they don't have a great quality book, I probably won't end up working with them or I'll suggest that they go back and redo it. Because, you know, if it's terrible, I can put all this wonderful stuff together for them, but the book is still going to be terrible. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same we with products, you know, somebody comes to us and it's just not a great product. It's like, yeah, I can probably get you some sales, but at the end of the day, I'm also promoting something that I can't fully say I promote, right. That I, that I want to say I promote. So that's, there's a disconnect. Shane, I should call it Shane 1.0 and Shane 2.0. Shane beginning off with, Oh yeah, I can do it. Not a problem. Hey, let's do it. And now Shane 2.0 is like, how oh, that's going to be a lot of wasted effort. Right. And I think the, the expectation is going to be, Hey, you want sales. And the expectation for me on this side is going to be, I don't know if we can do it. I mean, we can do it, but it's, I just don't know if it's right. You know, you're just not there yet. Right. I mean, there's some yeah. certain things you have to do. People will reach out to us and be like, Hey, I've got a logo and an idea. I'm like, that's awesome. Right. But you probably not there yet. Right. In regards to what we do, you know, unless you're like millions of dollars and you're like, Hey, and you're willing to, you know, you're, you're going to have to spend a lot of that to be able to get there. We can accelerate that learning curve, but it's just one of those deals. So I've been wanting to write my own book myself for a long time. Now I have a lot more ground to cover with you, Rachel, since we are running short on time, we'll continue this conversation in the next episode. We'll be back soon. Stay tuned to Shane Barker's marketing growth podcast. Oh, and one more thing for all my podcast listeners. I know doing branding and marketing yourself can be rocky terrain, especially if you're starting out. If you need some expert help, you can always reach out to me at shanebarker.com. My team will help you formulate a customized PR strategy and amplify your online presence. Regardless of your industry or company size, we'll make sure you get tons of exposure. I promise. 